0: up everybody tammy talks here you're on the tammy talks podcast let's get into 11 hip-hop miami season 2 episode 7 me too so the entire basis of this episode well the underlying thing is um about the me too movement so tarana burke's i hope i'm saying that correctly tarana burke who is the founder of the me too movement she founded it back in 2006. She's on the show and she talked, she did like a, a pseudo red table talk with Trina to talk to her about like the industry and moving as a woman in the industry. Now, even though Trina has not put out any music like recently from what I know, and I could be wrong, I don't really follow Trina's career. She, you know, she's looked at it as one of the longest, the longest um, running female acts, I guess you can say, in the hip-hop industry. So Tarana said that Jada Pinkett Smith, who does the Red Table Talk, kind of wanted her to kind of do like a little press tour where she's going around and meeting with different people. So as Tarana is talking to Trina, um, we hear about like the struggles that Trina had where not with Me Too per se, but just the struggles that she had within herself moving in the industry. How, you know, when Trina first came out, she was the baddest bitch and the platinum princess. And, you know, that's that's what we know Trina as. what a lot of people know Trina as. And she was saying how with her sophomore album, she wanted to do something different. You know, she wanted to show that. Even though she can be gritty and she can do, you know, the hardcore rap with the guys, there's the softer side of her. There's the more vulnerable side of her. So I thought that it was like extremely, extremely interesting. I'm not a huge table talk, red table talk fan. I haven't gotten into it yet. The only episode that I have watched so far has been the one with, um... One of the women from Surviving R. Kelly. So I watched that one. I didn't realize they were so short either. So it's definitely something I'll be able to like put on and listen to at work. So with this whole thing, Tarana then tells her that she is while she's in Miami, she's meeting with this organization and they're going to have like a me Too like sit down panel type of discussion. And she invites Trina to come to it. Trina invites Joy and Chinese Nikki or was it Kitty? The the baby. The ba- um, the Chinese baby. She invites her and Jesse Wu. So while we're all there, um and Toronto's just kind of talking about me too. Telling those women that this is a this is a safety net for you, this is a safe area, this is a no-judgment zone. She's reminding them that what happened to you is not your fault, right? It is completely not your fault. That's on the other person. You did nothing wrong. You didn't warrant it. You didn't cause for it. You didn't ask for it. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter what you did. If you did not give consent, then you were taken advantage of. So she's just kind of get you know, telling them that everyone in this room, every woman in here, we all sympathize with you. This is your safe place. So the entire time that she's talking about it, Jesse Wu is going through through it and I've never been a huge Trina fan right like I like Trina's pop like her her popular music her radio hits but I I don't know any of her deep cuts I don't know any of her b-side records but watching Trina on this show not so much last season but this season like she's a complete different person I think than I perceived her as just by listening to her music and I know that's bad because you shouldn't judge people based on you know certain things like that but I didn't know a lot about Trina so listening to her and like watching how she interacts and how she's been interacting with these women and it's kind of like she's playing the big sister like mama bear role I love it so while Jesse is like crying and going through it. Trina's like rubbing her back and giving her comfort circles and just like encouraging her to like, I'm here for you. It's basically, it's basically what it is saying. So what that's referring to was earlier in the episode, and I know I'm going out of order this episode, I apologize. But earlier in the episode, um, Trina met with Jesse Woo. they were having lunch or drinks, I guess. And it started off with Jessie Wu like telling Trina how she feels like she's been taken advantage of when it comes to the industry. So we saw Trina, not Trina, um, Jessie meet with I think it was like Big Lamb and D or Lamb and Big D. She met with that duo. She did. They did that song together, and Jessie thought that she was going to get the track. And she's telling Trina, and Trina's like nodding her head like, mm hmm, yeah. And I guess I don't understand why Jessie thought that she would get that song for free. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's me. I have friends here in Milwaukee that do music, that are producers. I have friends that live in Atlanta, in Houston, and California that do music. I would never, if I was a rapper or a singer, I would never like contact them to work with them and automatically think that what they're going to give me is free, that I don't have to pay for that product. That is weird to me. I don't understand why she just doesn't, why doesn't she want to sign a deal with them? Because like y'all are working together, y'all have chemistry together. Why not sign some type of deal with them where that way, you know, you get, rights to the music and everything else along with him. But see, the thing is, Jessie Woo wanted to take that song and shop it around herself. So I don't understand why they thought she was lying. And then she looked like completely flabbergasted and shocked, shook, if you will, when Trina was like, yes, that's how the industry works. So, ooh, Jessie, I just, <laughs> I, I really don't know what she was expecting. But as they're they're talking, Jessie goes through her spiel again on how, you know, she feels like she's been getting taken advantage of in the industry. And how if it's not somebody like lying to her or somebody saying that she doesn't have the money or whatever the case. So then I don't know what happened. Maybe I blinked. I don't know. Maybe it's when I got my water. But she starts to say, she starts to tell the story of how she was with some um, a friend of hers. And she went to a party to meet up with some, to meet up with, I guess, like a producer, to meet up with some guys that were in the industry. When she got to the party, it was all men in them two. And she said she had a bad feeling about it. In her gut, it didn't sit right. Now, like, that's first, first thing. If in your gut something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Don't go through with it. But she did, so she went into the party and, and she said to her friend, "Left her in that room with a, a, a group of guys. Um, so basically, she was raped, and she said it's by somebody that's in the industry. So her thing is, when they were at the Me Too um, event, she was saying how like how hard it is for her." to see that person, you know, sticking and moving and they're working with all these big names in the industry and kind of living the life that she wanted to, to live. So, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Like you never want to see, you don't want to hear, first of all, you don't want to hear any stories about somebody that has been raped or has been sexually assaulted in any capacity whatsoever. Like I like, I hate hearing stories like that. I hate reading about stuff like that, but, um, on top of it i think the fact that not only did that person take something from her but they're now out living the life that she thought that she would get i guess as a result of it so i i hope that she gets the closure that she needs i hope she gets the help that she needs and then the chinese i think it's kitty I think it's Kitty. So Chinese Kitty tells a story of how she was out with some friends and they told her to, you know, have some drinks. She said she didn't drink. And she said, next thing she know, like she took the drink. Next thing, next thing she knew, she like was off balance and she's dizzy and she's out of it. And. She just remembers some guy like picking her up and taking her to his room, so she was raped. And then they like threw her out in the street afterwards literally, threw her out in the street. What? Oh, god, like that's that is that is awful. And she said that no one knew, um, she never told anyone aside from her mother. She said that her father like found her, it was just a, a terrible terrible situation. So let's talk about joy. Who Joy is gonna wear me out this season? On top of her always having just this stank face, this look upon her face. Like, I don't know if it's a look of just disgust with what's going on around her or if she like feels that she's just so far above everything else around her and everybody else that's in that vicinity of her is just beneath her. But she her strong face has. So She is, she's meeting with, I guess she said her business partner or I don't know if that was her lawyer. She's meeting with, um, this woman with her brother because she wants to open up a, a boutique. She said she was selling wigs out of somewhere. She was selling wigs out of a store, I guess, a salon. And she said without any warning, they kind of like put her product from, from their, or put the lead from up under her. So she's talking to, talking to this woman. And like, we all know that her and Trick are still married. It's not, it's not news. Like this is that, that's her storyline. Her storyline is her begging Trick Daddy for the money to get the divorce. Right? So the woman tells her, you know, everything is based on credit and your business credit is mixed in with your personal credit which is tied into Trick's credit. They say he's been filing bankruptcies, he he like owes the IRS money. He got a whole lot of financial troubles going on right now. And she tells she tells Joy that if you were to move forward with your boutique, half of everything you make will go to Trick. Joy gets completely upset by this. Now <laughs> I don't know Florida is a community property state, but y'all are married, so you have to ha- you have to know that y'all credit is like intertwined. Y'all credit is married. I guess I don't understand why people don't get that. Like when you go into to marriage with somebody. And, you know, y'all, y'all credit, it gets mixed. Y'all, everything gets mixed. What I didn't understand was Joy was so mad that trick gets half. Girl, you was getting half of all his money before. So why are you shocked about that? I I don't know if Joy is putting on for the show, but she can't be this dumb. She can't. So this entire time y'all been married, y'all have like, you've been getting half of everything Chirk had. Half of everything. This is just, this is common sense here. So of course, if y'all are still married now, he's going to have, you're going to have to give him half of what you make. So she decides that she has to get this divorce so that she can move on with her life. She does not have the money, she said on her own to get the divorce. Now I'm thinking this entire time, her and Trina are blood cousins, like real deal family. Why not just ask Trina for the money? Ask Trina for the money to get the divorce and then you can pay her back with your VH1 checks. Or you can you can pay Trina back some other way. Start, you know, give her a cut into your business or something like that. But now, does she do Trina's hair? I'm trying to remember what we when we met her last season. I feel like she does Trina's hair. Start doing her hair for free or something. Like there has to be some type of some type of agreement you can come to with Trina where you can get your divorce and everybody you know everybody can come out on top the way that they want to. So her brother kind of tells her, like I just got shot. (laughs) I just got shot. Like that that man is in a wheelchair now. And I think it was basically his way of saying you complaining about something trivial. Like if I can get through this if I can get through being shot and now I'm in a wheelchair, you can get through this. So Joy said that she's going to have a luxury car wash. Now, <laughs> this was in the, um, I guess the blogs a while back. I know Rox, Forrest Rocks talked about it in her YouTube review that she was charging three to $400 for these car washes. Oh my God. <laughs> what? now I mean, granted, I'm not driving um A Benz Or a G-Wagon Or anything like that I I have a Hyundai <laughs> So I go to My local I go to Octopus if you're in Milwaukee And I, I get the diamond package That's $21 right $300 Like What kind of soap are they using Who Jesus So she's at this car wash And Of course, the other cast members from the show are working because we're all friends. Because, hey, it's VH1. So they're all um, washing cars and Pleasure P pulls up in his car. And then Chaotic pulls up in his car. We know these are rentals, but whatever. Um, And then everything's going good. They're, you know, they're giving her the money. They're wishing her the best. We didn't even see um, Pleasure P's car get washed. It was like a blink of an eye and Chaotic's car was there. So then we see this red G wagon pull up, and it is Trick Daddy. Trick comes up, and he said that he's there to, he's there to help out her little fund to give her some support, but really he's there to be an ass. So he tells her that he only has forty dollars. I think, and I'm not taking Trick Daddy's side at all. But I think the way, like, I think Joy is handling this the the entire incorrect way. So every time you see him, you're going to yell at this man, give me the money, give me the money. That's, that's, that's not going to work. It clearly hasn't worked thus far. I don't know why she thinks it would work now. So Trick Daddy is like, F this, I'm leaving because they get into a verbal spat. So he gets in his car. He said he's leaving. He gives her $40 tells her to quit begging basically. And she starts to cry. What are you crying for? What are you crying for? Now I have never been married. So therefore I have never been divorced. But she said that the divorce lawyer was telling her it was going to be $50,000. Is that how much a divorce costs? Like you can't pay that in increments. You got to pay. I've never had to retain a lawyer. So how does, how does that work? Patrolling, if you listen, let me know. How does that work? Like, do I give you like a down payment? Or, because I can't fathom paying fifty thousand dollars to get out of my marriage. That the marriage license was probably what, a hundred? If that much, I don't think marriage license costs that much. So we didn't see um tricking. So so then um Trina comes up and Trina's asking her, like, what's going on? Trina's sweatshirt was cute. I liked it for some reason. The little feather feather sleeve. But Trina's asking her, what's wrong? How are you doing? And Joy is like getting ready to cry. And I know Trina is so sick of people crying in front of her. And I say that because Trina looks like she's one of those people that when you cry, she cry. Because every scene that she was in tonight where somebody was crying, she had to do the look away. And, you know, you look up and you blink real fast to try to... goodness she kept doing one of those so Trina gives her a check and we don't know how much the check is for but Trina does ask her why didn't you come to me why didn't you just ask me for it and I kind of feel like Trina you knew all that season and majority of this season she needed that money why did you wait so long to offer it to her? Granted, it's not your responsibility to offer it to her, but don't come at her on some. You should have been asked me when, like you clearly didn't need her to ask if you were going to just give it to her, right? So she gives her the money, and now we see that Joy is going to be able to get her divorced. Yay. Um, Gunplay and Kiara, I'm not really invested in their storyline. But gunplay, we see Kira with her her um, sister and her mother. They're talking about gunplay. Her mother said that you are not designed to carry that man on your shoulders. Basically saying, you know, gunplay needs to step up and be a better man if he wants to be with you. Um, He needs to step up and really prove to you that he wants to be with you. Stop cheating. Get off the drugs. All this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. He meets with... Her, he meets them at the um, well, he meets Kiara at his show later in the episode, and like they seem to be on good terms. She said she was gonna show up regardless because she was with him while he wrote the entire album. And then there's a scene at the end that I will admit I did not pay attention to, but he's sitting out talking to her mother and her sister, and her sister was like, I didn't want to see you ever again. And his mother, her mother is kind of telling him, stop making excuses. Don't use the excuse that your mother wasn't around because my mother wasn't around either. And like she was spitting some real game in him. And I think Gunplay is handsome. And you can tell that he, he, I think he truly does love Kiara. Kiara, you can tell that he was receiving everything they were saying. He wasn't getting mad like you see some men do on reality shows when they're put in this situation he didn't feel attacked like everything they were saying you can tell that he was listening to and he was thinking you know what they're right this is on me and then finally Amara and Jojo Amara Negra so the episode starts off with Amara doing a radio interview um I think his name was Daddy Keith or Papa Keith he's doing this interview um And after the interview is done On the radio mind you They're in the studio Jojo comes in And they decide to have their private conversation In this empty radio studio What? With all these microphones And all this equipment around They're having this conversation Jojo is saying how Her and Pleasure P Are not together right now And I'm like yeah Because he kicked your ass out of the studio She didn't mention that part, but she's saying how they're, they're not together. And then she proceeds to start crying because she doesn't understand, um, why she has such bad luck with men and, you know, and then why he was so up in Shay's face. And my thing is you did all that talking, all that shit, talking to Shay doing the absolute most. And it's like pleasure basically picked her over you. And he's not even with her. So that's to show you how much value that you were adding to him. I, I actually believe that Pleasure was using you just to get Shay jealous. Because I feel like Shay and Pleasure are going to get back together at some point. So JJ just looked like JJ. JoJo just looked stupid. She looked completely, completely dumb. So Amara is like, so let's go to Gunplay's party. His girlfriend's going to be there and we can talk to her. I can talk to her about these DMs. And I'm looking at Amara like you being messy as fuck right now. I, like I've said before numerous times, I don't have the same heart on for Amara that the rest of the public does the way that you all feel about Yandy, I feel about Amara. She seems fake as fuck to me. She she honestly and truly does. Is she talented? Absolutely. But she seems fake to me. She truly does. So she meets, she does meet up with um Kiara at the club. She runs into her and she says hi to her and Kiara immediately immediately said fuck you. <laughs> was like okay this ain't about to be about to be lit but the two of them have a, a very mature conversation that didn't result in drinks being um thrown or anyone being called a bitch or anything like that so amara told like kiara told her sh- straight up um i had this intuition i had this feeling i checked his phone checked his dms you were sending him talking about let's meet inviting him out for places, sending all these smileys. And she was like, you know, I think that's disrespectful. And Amara told her, you know me. You know that I'm a bubbly person. This like, that's how I talk. She said, "Um, did you ever think that maybe it was for business? I'm an artist. He's an artist. That it was business and not for personal. And Kiara was like, no. (laughs) And Amara told her, like, I... I, I've never wanted your your boyfriend. I'm not interested in your boyfriend. It's not gonna happen and they like they they agreed to drop it and that is probably the most cordial scene we have seen across loving hip hop no matter the series no matter the city. that is absolutely the most cordial scene. So that was loving hip hop Miami season two, episode seven, me too um check out some of the other shows that i've been doing reviews for loving hip-hop new york black ink chicago how to get away with murder um Grownish, this is us a million little things um some of these shows i slacked this week this past weekend so i'm still putting them up slowly As far as BET shows go, I will be doing Boomerang because it's more of an original series. American Soul, I am still very undecided if I'm going to do an actual review on. Um, I'm also going to do like a recap of the Grammys. And then I have some other like major... (sighs) I don't know, call them storylines, but like major stories that I'm going to do small episodes on for just the Tammy Talk series. So, thanks for listening. See y'all next episode.